Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we like to discuss the details and mention it all. All right, let's get into the episode. So today I'm going to be doing a review of the podcast Diet Starts Tomorrow because they discussed a fascinating subject of how Weight Watchers can now prescribe drugs like Ozempic. So again, this is a favorite topic of mine, so I will be reviewing that podcast in just a second. Uh, But first, just a quick personal update. So I am, let's see, today is Sunday. I am in Maine right now visiting my family. Uh, I flew into Boston. When did I fly in? I flew in on the red eye on Thursday. So I'll talk about that in just a second. But um, for those of you that listened to my last podcast, I am recovered from my little scare that I had. And actually, I'm pretty proud of myself, to be honest. I'm, you know, this is like this huge cannabis conglomerate that, you know, wants little old me to take down my social media posts. So you know, I feel really good that just sharing the truth about what happened got the positive result that it did for us. And that, you know, just just a little bit of, of public awareness, you know, was enough to make that huge company take swift action. So super excited about that. Uh, and so I'm in a much better mood today. I am... Uh, you know, things are moving forward now. Like I feel like the trajectory is going to change that, you know, even though this is going to be pretty difficult, what we have to accomplish over the next month or two, like I'm just really excited. Like I feel very empowered. I feel uh, positive. I feel, you know, I feel like I can accomplish anything I set my mind to. So, um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, of course I live in anxiety, but you know, some of that anxiety from my last show is gone. Uh, so that's been good. Uh, now I'm going to talk more about this on my next podcast because I do want to share some of the really, really negative reviews I've gotten lately. Um, I always ask people to, you know, rate, review and subscribe. And of course I always want honesty. And for the first, like, you know, the first bunch of of reviews I got, I got like really great reviews, like five stars. And some of you probably that are listening now left reviews. And I really appreciate that. Um, But like I went to look at because at first it was like, I think it was like 4.9 or 4.8 out of five stars that I was averaging. And now it's like 2.8. And so I went on and I've just gotten like a ton of like one star reviews, people hating what I'm doing here. So you know, I was reading through some of them and some of them were, you know, people's just really honest opinion about me and my opinions and who I am as a person. And, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinions. I obviously share my negative opinions about people. So other people are very entitled to have their opinions. So, um, you know, at first I had this like sinking feeling, but then I'm like, you know what? I'm polarizing. Like people either love me or hate me apparently. And that's kind of what is I think that's a good thing overall. It's hard to it's hard to get negative feedback for sure, um, and I I take all of it with a grain of salt because at the end of the day I have to stay true to who I am. I have to put out content that I want to put out because that's how I'm gonna enjoy doing this, and that's how you know I can only be my authentic self. And so 
So anyway, so next time, because this is this is an episode of Craving More. So thank you all for subscribing. I really appreciate all of you. Uh, so I do want to kind of talk about some of these reviews on my next podcast and actually read them because they're kind of hilarious. And, um, you know, and I like to be self-deprecating. So I'll be sharing that soon. But if anybody has a little extra time, please give, if you want to leave me a positive review, I would love one. Uh, anyway, so, so yeah, so I, you know, And I will say this, like one of the reviews made me think about, you know, what I'm putting out there because, you know, I hate, I hate negative people. I really do. I can't stand being around negativity. And with that said, I know that I have been sharing some struggles that I've been going through. I mean, literally for the past year from, you know, since we got shut down at my, my startup business, last April, I've kind of been in crisis mode or it was last February, actually. So, you know, all of you have have been hearing me go through probably one of the most difficult times of my life. And, you know, as much as this, this is a podcast about diet and fitness and diet culture and food and all that stuff, uh, it's also really much, very much about the entrepreneurial journey. Because, you know, this is an entrepreneurial venture, just doing this podcast in general, but certainly my other, you know, cannabis company is as well. And, you know, business is hard, you know, surviving in, you know, starting a business, doing all that stuff is really, really hard. Life in general is freaking hard. And I know that, you know, I, I think probably all of you or some of you use this as an escape. So, of course... I want to be as positive as I possibly can, but I also want to share the reality of what's happening to me. I think I think some people benefit from hearing other people's struggles and how they overcome those struggles. So, you know, so I'm I'm going to continue to be real about my struggles. I will, you know, but I I also, you know, I'm going to be aware not to come on here and just complain and bitch and moan. <laughs> so, uh anyway, I, I do think that you know, I, I, I truly feel that, that life is full of ups and downs and, and life is cyclical. And I think that, you know, when you're in this really down period, you're eventually going to come out of it, you know, and, and life is going to take an upswing. And I know that before all this happened to me last year, you know, for the for the prior two years, I was doing great. I mean, I was like flying high. I was, you know, so, so much was going well for me. And I think I was annoying other people in my life because everything was so good. And there's, you know, some people get kind of annoyed when you're constantly talking about all the great things that are happening to you and for you and to your business and stuff like that. So um, anyway, it's all about balance, right? So, so yeah, so just wanted to share some of that. Um, I, so, so yeah, so I flew into Boston last Thursday. So now I can really, I used to always fly on a Monday or Tuesday because that's when it's cheapest. But um, I ended up, you know, now with my other job, I can only fly on Thursdays or Sundays because those are like technically my days off now. And so I took the red eye on Thursday so that I could land early on Thursday and just have the entire day to get stuff done, uh, you know, without having to do my other job. So so I landed, uh, got a rental car, and 
I, went, I needed a coffee like badly. I did. I did get a little bit of sleep on the plane. Thankfully, I was so uncomfortable. Oh my god, the plane was like, you know, I, I'm not flying first class, of course. So I'm, you know, in steerage, and I had this huge backpack that for some reason I. I don't know. I like to have some of my stuff next to me so I can get my gum or my lip lip chapstick if I need it. But I should have put this this bag like above me because it was just taking up every spot of leg room that I had. And I didn't want to move the people beside me that had already passed out. So I was just like, okay, I'm just going to just going to work with it. So but I did I did get a little bit of sleep. And uh, so, and I didn't eat anything on the plane. I, I ate a huge meal before I left. So, uh, Chad dropped me off. My boyfriend dropped me off at the airport and we stopped at this place, Chiba Hut on the way. Now, for those of you that don't know Chiba Hut, I did post a picture on my Instagram. It's a place for like, you know, everything is like a, a, a cannabis word. Like they have like blunts and pinners and all these, like everything is, is like for stoners basically. And they have, it's like a sub shop. They have really good sandwiches and these extra delicious, like gooey, like rice crispy treats and all these like, you know, really good, like different kinds of Rice Krispie Treats. So there's chocolate ones and the fruity ones and the ones with cereal and mm, they're so good and it has a full bar. And so, uh, so we went there. I didn't, I didn't really feel like drinking before the, the flight cause I was planning on just passing out and sometimes alcohol can like affect my sleep. So I just got this, I, I did get a foot long. I was considering getting a six, you know, the six inch, but I decided to get the foot long. And so I'd be like really, really full. And I got the, it's called the plant power and it's, it's vegetarian. Cause you know, I don't like deli meat. So I got this, it's hummus, has some guacamole on it. Now I did ask for the guacamole on the side and they did give me a side of guacamole, but they still put some on the sandwich, which whatever I scraped some of it off. Uh, and then it had green peppers and black olives and pickles It's really good pickles and lettuce and uh what else onions and it's just really tasty and so I ate I ate the entire thing and I didn't eat the chips that I got I saved those for the plane and then I did get a goo what's called a goo ball and it's basically like a thick crunchy chewy rice crispy treat but it's peanut butter and so I just you know I wanted to comfort myself before this flight. So I ate some of that, took the rest of it and my bag of chips for to treat myself on the plane. I didn't actually eat them on the plane. I just kind of tried to pass out. So anyway, got to Boston and I was really smart. I didn't get the rental car at, in Boston. I did not want to drive out of Boston. It's driving in Boston is the worst. So I ended up just taking an Uber to uh, where our business is located in Salem and rented a car from there. Desperately needed a coffee. So I was heading to a Starbucks and I passed this little kind of bakery slash donut shop on the way. And I'm like, Oh, let me, let me, this is like my neighbor. Let me shop local. So I stopped in. And again, I posted some of these on my Instagram at the diet obsessed podcast. Uh, and you know, they had all, they were, they were promoting this, this kind of pastry on the side of their, their like home of the authentic or original something. I can't remember the name of it, but, um, I I was like, what is that? So I went in and it's basically just like, it's kind of like a puff pastry. It's like, it's got like the, the 
you know, traditional kind of pastry shell on the outside and this like cream filling, which I don't know, that didn't really appeal to me, but they had all kinds of other delectable looking pastries. And so I ended up getting a Boston cream donut and a cruller. I love an old fashioned cruller. The cruller wasn't that great. It was a little bit dry, but the Boston cream donut, OMG, is probably the best one I've ever had, even better than Krispy Kreme. Uh, because this place, Krispy Kreme actually, even though Krispy Kreme with the regular donuts, they usually like put wicked lot of icing, like they're normal glazed. It's like, you know, it's like a glaze, but then it also has a coating of, of chocolate on top. They're at Krispy Kreme, they don't put enough chocolate frosting on the donut. This place put the thickest chocolate icing I've ever had on a donut and it was so good. Oh my God, it was really good. So I slowly ate that over the morning got a bunch of stuff done. I found this great thrift shop. I got some furniture um, and, you know, just made sure, you know, I kind of was able to set up my little station so I could work from there. So just ran around, um, scheduled the cable to come because the cable had been shut off or not the cable, but the internet. So got got a, just got a bunch of stuff done, checked into my hotel, ended up just getting some food from Whole Foods. I got some sushi from Whole Foods that night and um, I got a hotel that night, and it, it was a really nice little hotel in Beverly. It had a 24-hour fitness uh, gym that it, it appealed to me. It's one of the reasons I picked it, but it was really close by. It was on a college campus, so I felt very safe. And, yeah, so the next day I worked from there, and, and really the biggest thing I needed to do that day was receive these shipments of shelving and all these other things we were receiving. So I received that, which was perfect, and that way I was able to actually drive up to Maine that night. So drove up to Maine that night. My mom had gotten me a Pat's pizza. I'm definitely going to, you know, you know, gain some weight on this, this trip, you know, with, with pride. I, I am going to, you know, eat a lot of comfort food and I'm kind of in just like go mode, survival mode right now. I'm just going to, you know, I, I will get a little bit of working out in, like I did get a, a decent workout at the hotel, um, and, uh, yeah, just, you know, got some sleep that night, drove up to Maine on Friday, ate a little pizza, got some sleep. And then Saturday, uh, my little brother came over to show me his, him, him and his girlfriend, uh, got a little puppy and it's so cute. It's Graham Cracker. Uh, his name's Graham Cracker. So he, he was playing and, my mom was making this beef and barley soup that was really good. She made some homemade popovers. So had a yummy lunch with them. Well, I didn't actually eat with them. I had to go work. So I went to work. They ate. But it was nice to see my brother and Katie, his girlfriend, see their little dog. I love little little puppies. They're so cute. So, so yeah, so did that. And then, and then my mom took me to this incredible new Italian French restaurant in Hollowell that night. So it's called Bistro Milliard and it's Italian and French. And my mom said they make homemade pasta and they had had just a, a great meal there recently. So and my sister had done a show on her main life show. So she had filmed there. So my mom wanted to take me. So we went Saturday night, had a couple nice glasses of Pinot Noir. Uh, it was really good wine. 
and had an appetizer. There was a salad that was kind of a take on a Caesar salad that was really good. She got the charcuterie, so had a tiny bit of that. And then my main course, I mean, I went in thinking I was going to definitely order pasta, but they had a filet mignon on the menu that sounded so good. It had this like really delicious sounding sauce and it had like this charred kind of, um, I don't know, it was, it was, I think it was prosciutto or some kind of ham underneath and which I don't usually like ham, but this was, this was really good because it was charred. I think it was because it was charred and it was on top of the savory French toast. Oh, it was, it was cooked to perfection, super tender. The savory French toast was delicious. And, um, and then of course they had delicious homemade focaccia bread, which is one of my favorites. So it was a great, great, great meal. Good wine, good company. I'm going to post those pictures soon on my Instagram. If anybody visits Maine, visits Augusta or Hollowell, you should go check out the restaurant. It's delicious. So that was a nice little meal that I had with my mom. Got to spend some time and catch up with her and talk, which was nice. Then later today, I'm heading to surprise some family friends. So it's my godfather's birthday and my, this long standing family friend we've had in the family for a long time. He was really good friends with my dad. Uh, his name's Donald and his wife, Susan. So they're, they're basically family to me. And, um, it's going to be a surprise that I'm showing up. So it's Gilly's birthday. It's Donald's birthday. So, I will go grace them with my presence and have a delicious meal with them. And so, um, so yeah, I'm going to go do that, pick up some groceries and that's going to be my day. I have a bunch of, I'll probably get some work done today too, so I can get ahead of the week. And then next week we're going into Thursday. I get, I head back down to Boston and I'll be trying to do a podcast from my Airbnb. So hopefully that'll go well. I still need to book my Airbnb. Um, but yeah, next week is going to be an insane week. So I wanted to get this podcast done today. Um, so yeah, so, uh, I will be broadcasting (laughs) or taping if you will from, uh, Boston next week or Salem really. So I'll be updating you on my delicious dinner or lunch with my family friends and everything until then. All right, so now let's get into a review of Diet Starts Tomorrow, where hosts Emily Lubin and um, Remy Casimir discuss how Weight Watchers can now prescribe drugs like Ozempic. So uh, first there was a segment called Feeling Myself. And, uh, so they started talking about, Emily actually brought up asking if, if Remy knew what gua sha was, and she described it as this flat object. It's often made out of jade or rose quartz. And she said her mom used to, used to use it and her mom loved it. And so Emily wanted to try it. So she tried this roller and she, she said she had done it in the past and she's like, she, she, she saw it because a lot of people on Instagram use it and they talk about how it like helps with face bloating. And Remy's like, yeah, I heard it's good for wrinkles. And Emily said, it's really all about lymphatic drainage. You basically, you know, r- run it up and down your neck 
and your face. She's like, you can, you can actually feel it draining. She's like, aesthetically, I don't really notice a difference. She's like, but I tried putting it in the refrigerator or freezer for 10 to 20 minutes. And she's like, I love the feeling, especially after a stressful day. She's like, I put moisturizer on. She's like, you know, I've been doing it for a week now, but I, I don't necessarily feel sculpted like Bella Hadid. <laughs> and, um, so I, you know, I've, I've seen these Lauren Bostic talks about these rollers. She actually sells one on, you know, from the skinny confidential podcast. And yeah, I've heard, I've heard of this for lymphatic drainage. I've heard of people talking about it for anti-aging, but you know, when I, when I looked up gua sha, it's, it's not supposed to be necessarily anti-aging. I think some people are trying to promote it for that, but it's more about, it truly is for people that get really puffy and, you know, need it for, for bloating purposes. So I, I mean, I'm sure my face gets puffier than other days. You know, I, I, the way I can tell that I'm retaining fluids is really from the bags under my eyes. So that's where I've always carried fluid is, you know, bags under my eyes. So, and I have used little rollers, like these little metal rollers to try to like calm that down. Um, but I've never really needed anything for my face and I've never tried anything for my neck. Um, somebody had said that it was, it could help like tighten your skin. And I'm like, that's no, how, how would that work? And, you know, so my friends had talked about it. They're like, oh yeah, you could like do it on your neck and it helps with like your neck sag. And I'm like, there's no way, like, how would that, how would that even work? So I was always skeptical of it for that specific purpose. And, you know, when I Googled it, it doesn't talk about anything to do with that. It's it's very much about bloating and, and lymphatic drainage. So I do I do think it can help with that for people that do, you know, have a lot of face bloating and look really puffy. Um, and I think, you know, what Emily was using it for could also be good just for relaxation or, you know, cooling it. Again, I always, I would put my rollers in the refrigerator too, just because, you know, cold can help with swelling. And I would, I would sometimes use those under my eyes. So I I do get the point of it, but you know, it's just like this kind of wellness segment that they're, that they're doing. Um, Remy kind of went off on a tangent about how, you know, Bella Hadid's, you know, buckle fat, (laughs) it's, it can affect buckle fat. And, um, anyway, it's, it's, it kind of took, took away from what Emily was talking about, but, um, you know, she was, she was just asking, you know, about, you know, doing it to, to, for self-care. And, um, and then Remy talked about how she had met a couple of great people from a comedy show she had done recently. She was, one was somebody who listens to the Diet Starts Tomorrow podcast. And, um, Emily was saying that, oh, she was saying that some people can't tell them apart, like when they're listening to the podcast. So this happens to me all the time when I'm reviewing a brand new podcast. And I'm like, I don't know which dietitian is which, because sometimes they sound the same. So people, people, I guess, tell, tell Emily and, and Remy that they sound the same. Now I know them apart because I've listened, I've heard Remy on a different podcast before. And then of course I've done a ton of reviews of Emily's old podcast, RIP diet. So I can tell them apart just fine. They were saying how they kind of like that anonymity. Remy was saying that one of the people that she met, one of the exciting people that she met besides one of their listeners was actually Hillary Clinton. She said she met her, she, she had met Hillary Clinton at a dinner in the past with family 
she said that uh, the, that was the first time she met. She said that her father had shaken hands with Hillary and like her brother. So basically she was kind of like boxed out by the men in her family and didn't actually get a chance to shake Hillary's hand. And she's like, what the hell? She's like, I'm the woman. She's like, I'm, she, I should have the chance to meet Hillary. So she actually like went to find her and she's like, I'm determined to go meet this woman and shake her hand. So she got up. And she went and chased her down and she's like, I'm sorry, I just couldn't let you meet the men in my family, not get to meet the women. She's like, I run a feminist podcast. So she said Hillary laughed at that and and was glad that she came after them. I think this is awesome. Like I think it's 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 so cool that Remy had the balls to like the to like go up to, you know, have the chance to meet Hillary Clinton and and you know when that chance passes like go and chase her down and be like no I'm not letting this opportunity slip by I sometimes let opportunities like that slip by just because I always feel like I'm bothering people so but I, I think it's it's really cool that Emily did or I'm sorry Remy did that so good for her uh and you know I mean whatever your political beliefs are I you know respect Hillary Clinton a lot and and would like I would love to meet her uh, so anyway, and, and Emily's like, yeah, we're not trying to get political here, but she's like, but I guess Emily grew up in, uh, in, in a place in New York where Bill and Hillary had lived in the past. She's like, her mom was obsessed with her. And actually, because they lived in the same location, Emily ended up meeting Bill Clinton a bunch of times. And Remy was like, yeah, I've met him three times because he throws at a, a softball game I play in. I, I'm assuming it's a charity softball game, of course. And I'm I'm assuming from all of these stories that Emily and Remy are come from wealthier families because, you know, you don't just grow up in the same town and happen to be at these charity events if you don't come from a very wealthy family that puts you in these situations. So um, anyway, that was my takeaway from that. But um, Emily was sharing how she had met Hillary at eight years old. Uh, when she was at a local bookstore and she's like, I just, she's like, I remember crying. She was like, I was just so overwhelmed by the fact that she's this, you know, celebrity type political figure. And, you know, she just remembered that Hillary was very sweet to her and she remembers, you know, feeling seen. She remembers feeling special. Uh, and, and then getting back on the topic of, you know, things to do with diet culture um, Emily shared this scene of uh, from School of Rock. Now, I've never seen School of Rock, but she talked about this scene where one of the kids is like a heavier set kid and and was afraid of going on stage because because of, you know, being in a larger body and how Jack Black was like, was like giving giving this child confidence and being like, what about Aretha Franklin? You know, check, you know, look at her. You know, she's a big lady. But when she sings, everybody wants to party with Aretha. You know, same with me. You know, I'm a, I'm a little chubby. But when I'm on stage, everybody loves me. You know, kid. And then I guess like in in School of Rock, I don't know if any of you have seen it, but maybe you remember this 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 scene. I guess the kid is like, well you know, if you're so chubby, why don't you go on a diet? And, and Jack Black is like, well, because I like to eat. Is that so bad? Is that a crime? You know, so it's, it, I, that's a really, it, I, I, I might go watch School of Rock now because that seems like a really good scene and, and good for Jack Black to, you know, give that child self-esteem and self-confidence and just, you know, 
you know, be who you are, be confident. People will love you regardless. Just be true to yourself. And who cares if you're in a larger body? Um, and then Emily remembered this scene, you know, as a child, she's like, cause I was in a larger body back then. She's like, and someone was having, you know, an open conversation about being fat. She's like, and it made me feel good. She's like having confidence does work you know, putting on the veil that even when you don't feel it, you know, kind of fake it till you make it and you do eventually feel confident. She's like that. I have found in my life that that is true. And Remy was kind of, kind of like, well, it's nuanced. You know, it's good that he's having this conversation, but it's also upsetting because it needs to be had. I mean, there's often this caveat of like, but you're this size. So, um, and Emily was like, yeah, I mean, Adele, when, when she had the narrative, you know, when she was coming up in the world, she's like, people would say, you know, who cares, you know, how fat she is? Cause she's so talented. And, and, you know, her point is like, you can just be fat. It's like the point was, is you can be fat, just make sure you're talented. And, you know, and, and people throughout the media have always been shocked, you know, about people that are in larger bodies that are talented and people were like, oh, like I I figured that kind of talent was reserved for a beautiful person. Like, you know, like Susan Boyle. She's like, remember, you know, people just marveling about the fact that, you know, isn't it fucking crazy that someone this homely could have the voice of an angel? And and Remy also commented on it. She's like, yeah. She's like, isn't it amazing how ugly she is, but how beautiful she sings? And I guess there's a somebody named Paul Potts, uh, and th- in the music industry that just some, it's the same with Paul Potts. She was bringing up there's this other person. I think it was on one of those uh, like American Idol type shows too, where he was also you know not a, a very attractive man, but sat, had the voice of you know somebody that you would be like, oh my god, who's singing? And you know society teaches you that that person should look beautiful, but really beautiful voices and talents come in all shapes and sizes and all types of people have these talents. And, you know, the music industry has just filtered for the beautiful people that also can sing. So, um, so anyway, that, that they kept kind of going on this tangent and kind of, so I, I, I'm skipping some of the, some of the podcasts cause I just wanted, I just like to pick up the parts that are interesting to me. So I, I kind of like that discussion and wanted to talk about it. So, so, so then, okay, so then they get into the article about how Weight Watchers is buying an online platform to start prescribing drugs like Ozempic. So apparently one of their listeners, one of the Diet Starts Tomorrow podcast listeners ended up writing in and sent them an article about how Weight Watchers is buying an online physician's platform called Sequence so that they can prescribe drugs like Ozempic. And the writer was like, there's something icky about this. Now, in my notes, I put, is this a genius move by Weight Watchers? So let's let's break it all down. So Emily was like, I'm confused. She's like, won't this like put them out of business? And Remy was like, yeah, isn't this saying like what we've been doing isn't working and now we need to use this? She's like, the thing is, you know, 
when you're when you're trying to lose weight, the whole thing that they preach is what you're doing is supposed to be like sustainable. I mean, that's the only way you'll ever be able to actually maintain weight loss is, you know, if you're doing it in a way where it can become a lifestyle and be sustainable. She's like, but if you're put on this drug, like, are you just going to have to like stay on this drug the rest of your life? And, and Emily was like, well, probably, but you know, we, we obviously don't have any long-term studies on this specifically for weight loss. She's like, it's causing your stomach to empty slower, so you stay fuller longer, and then that suppresses your appetite. That's kind of how it works. And Remy's like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, is, does that mean it's a constipation drug? And Emily's like, no, it kind of acts more like an appetite suppressant because it slows down, you know, the rate that you're metabolizing food. So she's trying to, like, explain it to Remy, and Remy's just like, so you poop less. And he's like, uh, she's just moving on. She's like, basically, you're not getting it. She's like, uh, she's like, I really need Weight Watchers to take some accountability. She's like, you know, they've basically been making us count calories our entire lives. And, you know, counting points is basically the same thing. She's like, you know, I, I used to do Weight Watchers when I was younger. She's like, and they frame it as this lifestyle change but really what they're doing is they're preying on people they're tricking people into thinking that this is sustainable for a lifestyle she's like but you know if if you're reading that you can only eat two tablespoons of peanut butter and that's 12 points that is not sustainable she's like you're tricking people you can't eat whatever you want you know, the way that you say, the way that they say you can. She's like, it's just calorie counting at the end of the day. So Emily is very, very critical of Weight Watchers in general as a, a weight loss plan. Um, she thinks they kind of false advertising, they, they kind of falsely advertise about, you know, just, just being able to lose weight easily and, and making a lifestyle and you can eat anything. And and Remy, Remy goes off on this tangent. You know why I don't like Weight Watchers? They used to have this cat at the comedy club, and, and Weight Watchers kicked it out. So anyway, here's one thing I, I really like, uh, Remy. The thing that drives me crazy about Remy on this show specifically is that, like, Emily will, will bring up this great subject and have this really good opinion or interesting opinion on it, and I want them to have a discussion about it. Like... Like, Emily just said a lot there. She, Emily was just very, very critical of Weight Watchers. Now, if I was on that show with Emily, I would debate her about that because I actually think there's some positive things about Weight Watchers, and I'll get into that in a second. My problem is that Remy doesn't go there with her, so, so Emily's great point that deserves debate is not is like left hanging there because Remy goes off on this tangent about a cat. This is my biggest pet peeve on podcasts. Like sometimes one person will be talking about something so interesting and then someone else will either cut them off or interrupt them or just not respond or change the subject. And I'm like, no, I'm like I want to, I want to hear about that. I want to talk about what that last point that that person just made. And I think think Emily often brings up really good discussions and really good points and then it's come completely derailed because Remy will make a joke that that kind of derails the conversation or goes off on a totally different tangent 
And I think she does it because she is a comedian. And I think some of the things that she's trying to do is just, like, make a joke. And I, I get why she's doing that. I mean, you know, that's typically really good when you bring humor into the podcast. And anyway, I'm just being super critical because I really wanted to have, like, I wanted to hear this debate and discussion that Emily brought up. So anyway, um, so <laughs> Emily ended up kind of feeling, I think, obligated. This is, again, my opinion of what I heard in Emily's voice, but she could have enjoyed this. I really don't know. But my opinion is that Emily felt obligated to respond to this stupid cat story. And then she ended up getting it back on track by saying, you know, thanking Christina for writing in. But I just, I just think this should have been a much larger discussion. Remy kind of ends it by saying, you know, they're just saying that, you know, our stuff doesn't work. You know, which at least they're being honest. Like they basically are saying, Weight Watch with this, Remy saying is is Weight Watchers is saying like our diet doesn't work, our way of losing weight and maintaining your weight doesn't work. So now we're you know prescribing Ozempic or, or Ozempic like drugs. So Weight Watchers, get your shit together, is Remy's last point. So so I will have the discussion that I I had hoped that they had on this show. So here's my opinion. Now, obviously, I think, I do think this topic of Ozempic can be controversial because a lot of people are using it to lose, like, you know, the Hollywood scene, right? Using it for like five or 10 pounds, which is really not what it was designed for. And, you know, one of my listeners wrote into me, thank you, thank you, Beth, for writing in and sharing that you don't, aren't sick of this topic of Ozempic because I wanted to know if people were getting sick of this and she she told me she finds it fascinating and she she ended up sharing that she she thinks it's kind of sad that some people feel the need to do something so drastic to to lose some some weight and that you know she gained weight over the pandemic just like I did but just getting back to normal you know activity and and healthy eating she lost it naturally again that whole weight set point theory right like the same thing happened to me once I started working out regularly and eating you know back to kind of the 80 20 way of eating you know the weight naturally did come back off to my slightly lower weight set point so you know, I think, again, I think, you know, Taylor Strucker that I just talked about doing it, I think if she did get regular working out and had a little bit more balance, I think she would be able to lose a good amount of weight naturally. But so, so the whole thing with people doing this um, for just that little bit of weight, it's, it seems like a shame. Now, now the other side to, to Taylor Strucker and why I understand her wanting to do it is because she does have like her mentality is so like I think because she has been doing something like Weight Watchers like her mom brought her to Weight Watchers as a child I think that can mess with your head a little bit and I think people with stronger disordered eating behaviors had those experiences where their moms or somebody in their family was a little bit more restrictive with their eating habits and maybe put them in fat camp or or brought them to Weight Watchers as children. And and I think those, some of those people have such, you know, have such disordered behaviors that their mentality, they're so obsessed with food. They're so, like, I'm obsessed with food, 
but I can live a normal life. Like it's, it doesn't consume me completely. I enjoy my thoughts on food. Like I do like planning my next meal. You know, I, I don't it doesn't like negatively affect my life, but there are some people that are tortured souls when it comes to thinking about food, thinking about their body, thinking about weight loss constantly. This is, it's a very destructive top toxic loop. And the, my understanding of what these, these semaglutide shots can do or, or however you're taking it, it takes away that, that obsession in your brain of constantly having to think about food. So you actually can live a better life, live a, a more normal life when you can think about other things. And of course you lose weight and you know, so, so of course a lot of people desire that. So, so getting back to this idea of of Weight Watchers and, you know, buying this, this, so weight, weight, weight loss plans in general. Okay. Here's the thing. So when Emily was talking about how she's super critical of Weight Watchers as, you know, positioning themselves as this, you can eat anything type of plan. I mean, here's the thing. Like, of course I used to be in the, the, the weight loss industry. So our plan back then, and Weight Watchers was a competitor of ours, right? So, um, so our plan taught servings. It taught, it taught portions and it taught servings. So I was always taught. So because I learned that and and worked in that industry for so long, I have learned portion sizes, like you know what what normal portion sizes should be. Uh, and that, you know, so I, I know when I'm having a double, triple portion size. So, and, and what I learned through that program was just eating, you know, eating from all the food groups that eating a well-balanced way of eating is, is a good idea. And I, I, I still believe that servings of vegetables, servings of fruit, servings of carbohydrates, servings of protein. I understood, I learned the importance of protein, which I think is a good principle to know. You know, muscle protein helps you build muscle and retain muscle. You burn more fat when you're eating more protein and have, so all of these things are good principles that I learned through this diet plan. And now Weight Watchers talks in points. So Emily was right. It is, I mean, However you talk about it, it is calorie counting. It's, you know, points are calories. Now, of course, you know, she was, she was hypercritical of that. And, and I think, look, we all have to learn somewhere now. And I think learning what foods you should eat slightly more sparingly and, and, or watch in, in, you know, portion control, right? I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe it's, my disorder diet culture mind speaking, but I don't think it's a bad thing for there to be something to teach people about portion control and about the difference between eating a, a, a you know five cups of vegetables and the difference between eating you know five cups of or you know five slices of bread. Like I, there's a difference there, right? And or eating a ton of sugar and eating, you know, something that's whole foods like fruit, right? Eating processed sugar versus, you know, sugar and fruit. I mean, again, just understanding the difference why you would limit something, have a smaller portion of cake or pie or chocolate, and a, and you, but you can have a larger portion of, you know, whole fruits like, you know, bananas and, and apples and oranges and all these things that have fiber and nutrients and all these, you know, other, other nutrient dense qualities to them. 
like that's a good thing like we all need something to teach us if you don't learn it in school and your parents don't teach you and it's again I, I don't think it's a bad thing to learn some of those just general principles that can keep you from getting diabetes later in life or you know keep you from putting on more adipose tissue so so and and again with weight watchers you know there's so many diets out there that diet plans i should say that are that are restrictive right there's the paleo there's keto there's atkins where you can't eat any sugar you can't eat so so and those obviously don't work for most people because they are so restrictive that they drive people to overdo them you know i think the general principles about weight watchers is that you can you know you don't have to go to a party and say i can't eat everything that's here you know like the Weight Watchers principle is teaching you how to eat everything but in moderation, right? So, and to know which which foods you can really fill up on because they're more nutrient dense than other foods that are just more processed. And I don't, again, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think some somebody like Emily has been tainted because she was probably put into Weight Watchers against her will. And so, you know, of course there's that negative con- connotation to that. So now let's talk about Weight Watchers buying a, a physician's, you know, a, a basically like a telemedicine for prescribing drugs like like Ozempic, like the semaglutides. Here's the thing. I think what they realize is this is here and people want this, right? Like people want appetite control because appetite control is often how you can control portions and you can eat, make healthier choices if you're not ravenous. I mean, I think that's the whole point in eating more protein is you're not ravenous all the time and you can keep your blood sugar regulated. <clears throat> so, um, so, so I think Weight Watchers has just faced the fact that people are going to use this and people want this. And do we want to be part of that solution for the people that want it? And they do. Financially, they want to be part of that solution. And with how much these drugs cost, you know, Remy and Emily were hypothesizing on the fact that this could put, or the, the, the idea that this could potentially put Weight Watchers out of business. I don't think it's going to put Weight Watchers out of business. I think it's probably going to make them thrive. I mean, some people are spending 1000 to $1,600 like every, I think, two months or every month on these shots. And I'm sure the margin on that is massive. Like, they're, I'm sure their profit margin is excellent on that. And I think people may still want to, you know, people may want to still have it, like, do the Weight Watchers plan just in terms of understanding, you know, foods that they're choosing. I mean, granted, it's it's interesting because from what what Taylor was talking about, they do teach you to you know keep your get, get your blood sugar up if you're using these shots and it falls too low, and eating some of these more simple carbohydrates because it'll get your blood sugar right back up. I still probably think that employing the principles of you know Weight Watchers, where you you know zero points for whole foods, that's just always going to be a good principle. The the more whole foods you eat, the better. Right, like I, I think we can all agree that whole foods is better than processed foods. Not to say that a healthy, you know, a healthy way of eating can include some processed foods, but 
I still think that potentially people will, I mean, obviously people are using it for weight loss and then, you know, and, and there are some people that will eat their way through that or it will not work for. Um, you know, I know somebody that, that who's a nurse practitioner who told me that she's like, I've eaten my way through it. She, you know, this is a larger, a woman who's in a larger body who, you know, has had, has has been on these types of drugs for a long time. She's had weight loss surgery twice that she gained all the weight back. And so she's like, just like other things, you can either eat your way through it. Some people it doesn't work for. And the, the idea the the thought is that you do have to stay on these for the rest of your life to sustain this weight loss, which was what Emily and, and, and Remy were talking about. Like, do they have to stay on this forever? Probably. So that's just, continual revenue for Weight Watchers. It's not going to put them out of business. They'll probably get even more profitable. And, um, you know, again, I, they have an app now and they're, again, so so I don't think it's necessarily going to ruin their business. I do think, you know, I think like something like Jenny Craig should be quaking in their shoes because who's going to want to buy gross processed, you know, Nutrisystem or Jenny Craig food when, you know, this exists and you can go to Weight Watchers and get your semaglutide shots. I mean, again, granted, I think the people that are, that are, I think it makes sense for the, for the addictive minds who are just completely obsessed to have, you know, over 50 pounds to lose or a lot of weight to lose, but they've just never really had success with it. I mean, I understand why people would want to do that. Um, I, I do think it's questionable for people that are just trying to lose that little bit of weight. I really, you know, it's, and a lot of people, it's interesting because on uh, the Taylor Strecker show recently, Andrea Laventhal and Liz Cully were were kind of, you know, a lot of people are are like kind of jealous about it almost. Like Liz Cully was like, "What the hell?" She's like, "All these people." She's like, "I just went to Oscars." And she's like, "Everybody's on these these weight loss drugs," and she's like, "It makes me feel like shit about myself." She's like, "Here, I've been gaining weight." And I'm not going to do those shots. And she's like, and it just makes me feel like shit. So I'm standing beside these people that are real thin. And, you know, I, you know, and, and I feel like this about myself. And Taylor was like, why are all these people hating on it? It's like people don't want, you know, people like me to get ahead and, and do it in a way that that's easier. Like it's like, it's almost like people don't want, you know, people that have been struggling with their weight to have this this easy way out of it and Andrea Laventhal was like yeah she's like if if you guys get skinny she's like what do us skinny people have now she's like that used to be our like one up on all of you and so she was I mean she was just being like kind of snarky about it and kind of making a joke but kind of not a little bit uh because there is you know and some (laughs) made a joke about Taylor getting ozempic face and uh, it was just, it was hilarious to hear, like, Taylor was so offended, because apparently that's her biggest fear, is that, yes, she'll lose the weight, but, and then I heard Dr. Drew talking about how there is, and, and I talked about this, like, whether Ozempic face was, like, a real thing, and Dr. Drew was just on a Heather McDonald podcast where he said, some people are reporting that Ozempic face, it's, 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 it goes beyond just losing weight in your face. He said, some people are saying that there's this especially drawn and kind of gray look that people are getting from doing this. It's not just simply losing weight, that, that it's like this special kind of 
pale gray tone that they develop. So, um, and anyway, so Taylor's just kind of, I mean, she has a beautiful face and I would imagine that she doesn't want to lose that beautiful face. So, you know, she's, she's fearful of it, but she's also very much excited about it. And she reported another actual positive side effect where she's drinking less. So I think, you know, alcohol is very toxic. Taylor drinks a lot. So, hey, if it can help her cut down on her alcohol consumption, which obviously will also affect her weight loss. um, Hey, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? So, so yeah, I mean, overall, though, you know, getting back to this idea of, you know, is it insane that Weight Watchers is doing this? I think it's kind of genius, to be honest. I think it's a smart business move for them. And now, granted, if this turns out to have horrible side effects and causes heart attacks and or whatever Fenfen was doing where it affected the heart and had to be canceled, uh, and that, that, now that could put Weight Watchers out of business. If that ends up happening, and God forbid that happens, we, all, we don't want all these negative repercussions for all these people that are taking it. But, you know, we obviously, with any pharmaceutical, there's, there's, there's dangers, right? There's side effects, there's risks. And so, you know, is the reward worth the risk? That is the question. And, you know, we will be finding out because there will, just like any other drug, there's going to be a percentage of the population that has negative side effects. And so, so far, it's just been more like nausea, some diarrhea, some stomach cramping, for a lot of people, maybe this this ozempic face, if you will. Um, but then there's also been, you know, positive side effects where people are losing weight. They're not as obsessed. They're not, you know, food is no longer ruling their brain. Um, the The question is, will there be long term health effects for a percentage of the population? And if Weight Watchers is prescribing these and that happens, they will most likely face a lot of lawsuits. So hopefully they get a good insurance. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they've looked at all these risks. And I think probably it's a survival method. You know, I don't know what all these other um, weight programs are doing. They're probably, I, I would imagine that they're, that people are probably, you know, because those, any anyone doing one of those weight loss programs, you have a lot of discretionary income. I mean, those Metafast, like those medical weight loss programs, they cost like thousands of dollars. I mean, they're they're expensive. So if people are already spending thousands of dollars to go in and get these, you know, people would go into these very restrictive programs that were medical weight loss and take B12 shots and, you know, starve themselves and, and actually be tortured because they, they weren't really getting a, an appetite suppressant. They were just torturing themselves for this period of time to lose the weight. And a lot of those people gained it back because it was so restrictive and they didn't have anything suppressing their appetite. So I would imagine that a lot of these places are going to be looking into this and getting like jumping on board. So we shall see what will the future hold. I will be reporting on it here. So anyway, that's going to be the end of the show. Uh, I will have more good content coming soon. Um, I have a few new podcasts that I'll probably be reviewing. And um, so thank you all for subscribing. I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, If you're so inclined, please go leave me a review to balance out some of those really bad reviews. Uh, Please follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Uh, 
and until we meet again, I hope all of you have a balanced week.